Hello and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Why the Last Man. This is season one, episode seven. My mother saw a monkey written by Charlie Jane Anders, directed by Lauren Wolkstein or Wolkstein. I gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10. It continues. It's amazing first season i can't believe we only have three episodes left it seems to have flown by but that's because every week i am in anticipation of watching this show and it only continues to get better and better so let us go ahead and jump into the recap because we have a lot to discuss ampersand finding a ball next to a dead dog and bringing it over to 355 to begin the reconciliation phase after last episode. Yorick, while getting a checkup from Man, thinks that maybe they should reach out to 355 and apologize. She's like, what, get her some flowers? Well, you know, maybe say sorry. She's like, I'm not sorry. She lied to us. And then she said, almost got us killed. No, ma'am, you and he almost got yourselves killed and she saved you from that fate 355 gets more fuel and tells them to empty the camper so they can ride in the back yorick trying to make an attempt of <laughs> apology is full of compliments that don't work to get back in those good graces he did not like to be in graces he does not like to be in the doghouse on the drive, Yorick attempts to show Man a magic trick by escaping a knot. She is skeptical he will be able to accomplish when suddenly 355 starts hearing jazz music, passes out, and swerves into a tree. Surprisingly, we have been pretty mum on the culprit ring these last few episodes, even checking back in with Washington so we don't have a lot of information of why she seems to be going through this particularly now is there some type of programming involved in the culprit ring to be able to suppress memories is it the tragedy of everyone else's loss in the world resurfacing these memories for her why is she seeming to sleepwalk as a result of this past trauma and it's not that it's too much out of the ordinary that it would resurface, but it seems to be something she's not fully in control of. And she's surprised she's not in control of it. It's not something that seems to have been dealt with and moved on and healed from. It seems to be a raw wound. And I'm not sure why that is. And what are the answers behind that? And how the culprit ring recruits people. They say it's orphans or something to that effect. But I mean, she could be an orphan going into an orphan home. And then that's how they got her. But there seems to be, for some reason, the way in which they are playing it out more to the story than just, oh, this terrible thing that she probably thought she got over and no longer is able to suppress versus what is this why is it seeming to throw her so very wildly because it's not 
normal the way in which she is like she was able to very easily say yeah i lost my parents when i was 12 but there seems to be something else there i don't know what it is but whatever that part is that's what's really haunting her and i need answers man wakes first from the car crash notices an alive but unconscious yorick but 355 is nowhere to be seen she flags down a group of people for help but they greet her with a shotgun i'm not sure if i would have i understand the impulse right i am in a car accident i'm hurt the savior of all mankind is hurt the person that i would be taking any type of direction from is no longer here i need to make sure that he survives so that means making sure that he gets some assistance and i think that's where she was going and why i kind of was not as annoyed because i was thinking girl you should see what is going on with them you know first who are they but i can also see her being like well it doesn't matter who they are <laughs> they for ill or good will probably be able to at least get yorick to some type of relative safety but i would be considering considering my own life too well she might think she's a value because she's a geneticist there is that debrief at the white house has all three agents that um she tranked from last encounter reporting that of course there was a man with a monkey well one saw the other two did not and even the lead army person seems to be inclined to believe this story of protecting an asset a man they even think that makes absolutely an utter sense thus the geneticist this is york's fault for sparing the person that saw him like you should have been like no let me and it's funny to see how his terrible choices are affecting his mother and it gives more weight to the fact that agent 355 didn't call her back to give her a rundown because maybe the less she knows the better and it's not i think it's part of because she's the culpa ring and this is what the culpa ring does take on those special assignments but at the same time she also can read the situation of how this would go down in washington and i think that she made a judgment call that maybe everyone else cannot understand at the moment but she well i feel like they did after she told them <laughs> they were like yeah that makes sense just why did you lie about it but yeah i feel like this is something that i don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season i have a, a lot of thoughts but whatever it's going to be i feel as if york's decision making is going to lead to something tragic and it's going to be the because i believe that because of how york grew up his privilege so to speak on top of his relatively good-natured personality and persona that he doesn't and he's never encountered the real world and i mean not just morally philosophically that's not a word <laughs> philosophically um he doesn't 
he needs to see the worst of mankind to understand that there's a worst of mankind he is always going to default especially now to the idea that people aren't as bad as other people are saying that like he thinks that in a sense 355 not in a sense he does is overreacting to the the thought of a threat right and yet he is trying to remain optimistic in the face of realism and it's until he makes that decision that causes someone to get hurt or something to happen to his mom which is where i'm going with this whole thought process because no one in washington would have known like the other two agents would have got away fine we didn't see anything and then you had um that one where she clearly said did she see your face no so she trained her if she didn't she would have killed her he would have been protected now look at what his mom's dealing with in washington and how that pot is about to boil over like she's surrounded on all sides i actually am terrified i mentioned this way earlier in the season but i'm terrified for jennifer speaking of she mentions that they almost set a guard on fire after dousing her with gasoline outside the white house it's that bad out there thus conspiracy theories aren't welcomed but here's my thing you're trying to contain something that can't be contained it's too late i also wonder if 355 thinks she might be protecting jennifer as well because imagine how much more jennifer would be complicit if she was in contact with 355 right now she can play ignorance because she really is ignorant other than i know why and the, do they have all the information they just don't know that she's complicit in what's going on but that feels like it's gonna change uh and the fact that we have people outside the gate starting to take violent actions imagine what would happen if this news gets out that york brown the son of jennifer brown is alive like they're going to burn her at the stake if they're willing to do that to a guard and that is where i'm terrified for her because now you have kimmy in a very biblical manner right now she going full old fucking testament y'all uh prediction that's why i had it in here i already kind of already talked about it she'll be dethroned jennifer from power or she's gonna die due to some radical or other radical actions because we still have the whole best side of the situation um so uh, once again i feel age of 355's decision not to get back in touch with the government is probably the best decision that she made for the both of them and while it is you know one person making decisions for another i do think that 355 has the experience that unfortunately because she has that realism she knows how bad the world is how bad people are especially when the circumstances are not in their favor so 
she's looking at all those angles and i think that she's taken on that whole idea of i'm going to get humanity's last hope to where it needs to be and worked on the way it needs to be worked on in san francisco to help but i don't think that government oversight is something that we need in this matter she tells Christine Jennifer to have them reassigned, but the damage is done. I think even reassigning them, it's like, it's too late. Kimmy, because that's my new favorite word for her, it makes her sound more crazy, is complaining to her mother who is depressed and doesn't think that she should somehow supersede an actual politician because she was married to one. She genuinely misses her husband. I think that she misses her husband more than she wants to stay with her daughter. But then again, if your daughter is completely, you know, disregarding your grief and turning into, as she stated in that first episode, or maybe it's the second, about how you look at your daughter and you just am angry because you have created the thing in which you hate the most about yourself or something to that effect. She does tell Kimmy to leave Jennifer alone because she keeps complaining about her, complaining about the moths, steps my favorite sweater, because she's a good person. Nothing to do with her politics because those days, anyone who is anyone smart, right? Those days have long passed. It's no longer about our politics, right? And confirms that regina is a nut job you're trying to support someone that's going to do nothing besides derail what a good person not a good democrat a good person is trying to do accomplishing things that we are not capable of doing i loved her line of they don't want they don't need to hear anything that i have to say what do i have to contribute into that room into that conversation she doesn't and i don't think that her daughter does either <laughs> but she just wants the power she wants the right to do what she feels is going to fix the world and it's completely delusional she's trying to find something to fix herself <laughs> and it just feels as if every time she's looking at her daughter there's just extreme disappointment in her eyeballs. She's just completely lost touch. She says, even your dad said that. They all knew this lady was crazy. Well, they voted for her. It's as if she's only going to listen to the argument that supports her <laughs> deposition. And it sounds like a lot of people online. It's like, I'm going to write the narrative and only agree with or only allow the things in that support my narrative and ignore everything else um she tells her mother to get up out of the bed to stop doing this you know because for some reason she should be over losing her husband and everyone else uh they said the boys were in the bed with her too when it happened jesus christ her mother tells her, if you shed even half a tear, your boys would have to split it. Oh. I think she sees her child's denial 
of the boys that she lost not only those being your children it's almost as if she's trying or if she is indicating that those children that you loved you love the idea of them being boys more than like would you treat them the same if they were girls and i don't think she would and i think that's what kind of <laughs> why she has that derision when she made that line uh kimmy says i know i will see my boys again and her mom replies yeah when you're dead i think that marla is mourning her loss and remembering the people she loved whereas kimmy is trying to validate their loss by believing in some higher purpose for it yorick wakes naked in a bed with a woman who thankfully is fully clothed but it's still weird nonetheless he encounters women and a trans man who casually takes the makeshift weapon from him he really was gonna try to brain someone with that uh hey if i had to grab a weapon i'm grabbing what i can though shit i watched uh <laughs> tyrese kill a whole boy with a paper mache plane <laughs> remember that shit <laughs> before inviting him to breakfast to explain what was happening he inadvertently gives away that amp is male as well as the fact that he has a y chromosome no explanation on how he survived he kept uh, asking questions but none of them answered him but every time they asked he a him a question he always answered now i'm a skeptic despite how nice these people seem because people change for better and worse sometimes you just don't know until it happens so on day one just keep your mouth shut how did you inadvertently give up that amp was a male but as i stated earlier it's so much easier for us to be like yeah i would never yada 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 but on the other flip side of that you know everyone doesn't distrust everyone you haven't hurt me thus far i was knocked unconscious i'm still alive yes i'm naked that's weird very weird uh but for the most part you haven't done anything to me to make me feel as if you're gonna harm me but that's not to say things won't change so maybe keep some things close to your chest but he's not used to that game yet he's still holding out this hope that other men are out there because even one asked them that like are you the only one i hope so he's given toast by their manservant <laughs> he tells them he isn't cursed with a y chromosome but in other ways uh when yorick says that he is cursed he's happy to have the toast but concerned about his friends and this is when we get the inclination that they actually thought they were saving him like what do you mean your friends we we found you tied up oh no they they weren't actually kidnapping me <laughs> i wasn't being held against my will i'm an escape artist the one girl was like is that a joke <laughs> jokes are funny and so is your job yorick but he explains he wasn't being held captive he also explains that he woke up naked and everyone's like come on sonia is that her name like what the fuck she's like his clothes were dirty stop it you sat there and looked at that man all damn night until you fell asleep 
you nasty these women have been in uh prison a really long time you best believe they was trying to catch a dick wow i mean even in male prisons that's why they'd be like oh yeah that's what happened in prison i'm not gay though you know they got their little prison bitch that's what that's all about it's not even necessarily sometimes the desire of said other sex but what that other human being can offer which is a type of physical comfort and intimacy that every human needs and when it's robbed of you for an extended period of time well then you try to find ways to compensate for that so that happens in male and female prison systems you best believe though when they get out they trying to get laid that's like number one on like eating and getting laid which is why they probably had that spread in this episode that made no damn sense <laughs> why y'all barbecuing <laughs> uh he gets concerned that maybe his friends are not okay because they keep giving each other loaded looks 355 wakes in the forest and comes upon a car crash but not the camper it looks like it's a family genocide with herself appearing outside of the vehicle witnessing but she also has a pretty bad gash to the forehead not sure if that is from the current accident or that previous accident we see one of the women wearing the necklace that she got from the box in episode two so this is definitely her family she mentions losing them at 12 so we're gonna guess that this is the correlation there seems to be an extra body in the car that it just wasn't mom and dad so i need to know more she then wakes to a man pounding on the door for help and what appears to be a cell i don't know why people who just bang on doors are annoying but they are like clearly no one puts you down here to be heard or seen <laughs> why do you think banging on the door is gonna do anything besides piss someone off 355 finds out what happened just responds shit because she knows that she fucked up but i mean <laughs> then she refuses help and wants to know all the details despite having a concussion as man points out she can do something because she is fairly smart and wants to know the plan but she points out to man that last time i gave you the plan you tried to fuck off with humanity's last hope so you know i understand you could be helpful but last time i asked you to be you weren't so man replies well fine if you're running the show from here on out you better avoid trees from here to california why am i still getting hate so back at the pentagon now this i don't believe just because i've watched enough freaking documentaries to know that if something happened and the president of the united states needed to get to a safe place there is actually a secret bunker all these it wouldn't be the pentagon that's not where the government would be holed up in this type of crisis nope now it's possible nope there's a, someone from the <laughs> the army in the room <laughs> and i'm sure she had something where she can get in somebody's boxes i'm sure all the men didn't have the keys to all of the ships 
I wonder what is going on with nuclear weapons at this point. I bet you in a lot of other countries, it is all men that know. And thus, we are saved from that particular fate. But uh, back to the Pentagon. That's where they're holed up. I'm just saying that's not realistically where the government would be. It would be in some fucking inside a mountain somewhere with only two people at the gate. And if all those people showed up, they'd be going over a fucking cliff. Because that's also what would be <laughs> But for the show, for the show, I can see. Uh, she's trying to encourage people to seek shelters outside the city. Providing them with at least hot meals, showers, medical attention. I also like that she says, look, you have the right to protest as well. So I'm not telling you you have to go. I'm just letting you know where you can get some assistance in case people come to the Pentagon actually wanting that and not to destroy everyone inside. <laughs> and then she spots Beth. What the hell? I'm sure I was as surprised as other comic readers because we know we don't get much of Beth. So to see her show up and see what kind of role that they're developing for her is kind of interesting. Every time Jennifer talked to Beth, though, in this episode with a, should I tell her? Look, I kept screaming at the screen. Oh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The way in which she even presented herself, like she went over there, she had her hood up. She coming in the crowd with that terrible fucking jacket. What is that? She also claims that she was on her bike and couldn't go see Yorick because he would have been dead. I'm thinking, girl, was you cheating? before the relationship ended or were you just i'm not there's a disconnect between what she's saying out of her mouth even if she is linked up with this other group at the end which we find out her story don't make sense and i'm wondering kind of she's like i can't believe that you're a president there's something about her tone and everything about it and we know that she was a, a teacher, a professor, a college professor. Hmm. Just a lot of questions there. Back uh, to Yorick. Janice is still interrogating him. He is using his charm to charm the ladies. He mentioned Beth in his sleep and maintains that she's his girlfriend, but dropped the fiance. They asked why they have all that military gear in the back of their camper. He's like, yeah, it's kind of dangerous out there, but you can have it. I don't know if that was your call to make, York. He doesn't get a response to that or his questions about who they are or his status as a hostage, despite them denying that he is. The welcoming committee has arrived, which are a lot more women. Now, we don't hear this discussion of what occurred between the women so part of me wants to know does everyone know he's a man or if they are under the impression that he is you know he doesn't have a y chromosome and is a man speaking of dr man she watches 355 untie her shoelace she's like what are you about to do uh or she's like that's a shoelace she wonders if she's gonna kill herself she says it's a weapon that's when she's like it's a shoelace She's skeptical, however, does know what a building smells like with hundreds of dead people inside it. When 355 asks her to take a nice whiff, 
and the smell is missing meaning this isn't a male prison but a female prison i love how she helped her understand what she already knew had deduced about this place she catch man catches on that there are possible hundreds of convicted women beyond those doors and she says i'd be worried but you've got that shoelace 355 gives man perspective on her worth saying look there were 30 very genius level geneticists that the government wanted on this project i chose your ass okay so you may feel that you can't quantify genius and that you're the smartest person in the room but the government doesn't fucking think so you were disqualified so believe it or not you're expendable i chose you based on what you can offer so stop being a pain in my ass and putting dumb ideas into yorick's head she responds with he has dumbass ideas all by himself ain't it the truth but they reached the understanding keep playing i'll leave your ass you can be replaced i don't have to have you and the government doesn't even want you <laughs> so you wanting to get to your lab me helping you get there and you being able to work on humanity's last hope are all decisions in my fucking corner so i need you to play ball man looks at her wound and tells her she needs a doctor not her kind of doctoring which causes a smile between them but 355 shrugs off the camaraderie she doesn't seem to like physical contact and she definitely doesn't like to be vulnerable she does admit though that she has family but that they are dead and that it happened when she was 12. i loved her reaction after man said sorry like she almost forgot that something that is something to be mournful about york arrives to the cell like He updates them on everything and that they are currently having a meeting about what to do with them. 355 points out that some are serving life sentences. So if they think they are a threat, she looks at man, trails off. Yorick wants to know why she trailed off. You're so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. He then responds with, no no they won't do that so both women look at him skeptically like well at least one person <laughs> has enough optimism for the both of us and he really doesn't i love his long look like when did y'all become best buds and start ganging up on me like what the fuck i thought i had me an ally in this situation and now the tables have turned regina and kimberly are talking while marla is uh wanting kimmy to get her a drink or do this um she's watching her this is sad for marla too because she's watching her daughter devolve into a straight nutcase <laughs> as regina and kimberly are talking about that conversation that happened about the two pilots i don't know why they're stressing this idea well she killed two american pilots we don't even know if she did it on her orders or not matter of fact she didn't do it on her orders (laughs) 
So that's even like, okay, there was a rogue person in our government and this is what happened and she stole my son. There's any way she could turn this into her favor, but the fact that two American pilots died, do you think anyone outside those fucking gates gives a shit about that? Two fucking American pilots? Like, they put so much emphasis on that several times as if that was going to be the nail. If anything, it's just the conspiracy nuts grasping on anything that tells them that they're right to burn down the fucking building of the government and how they should die. Everyone in the government should die. I don't know why they think for some reason they give them one scapegoat and they'll be content. But uh, that's why they're both living in the delusional world. Kimberly rants about being surrounded by atheists taking an unhealthy interest in Christine's baby. She yells at Regina, telling her that Yorick is God's plan, and she means to have him, and expects Jennifer will lead that, them to him once they force her to resign. She says, I just don't want, I don't want just the presidency. We don't. Why is Regina, is she taking this all in, being like, I need her support? Because Regina cannot... Like, she doesn't have the support, or she got into power with the support of her father, but her father really didn't support her. I felt like she didn't even understand Kimmy, her father's own politics. So maybe Regina feels she needs Kimberly, but Kimberly definitely needs Regina because she has no reason to hold office. She can't hold office. So this whole we thing, the way the, in which they're kind of codependent, because no one wants Regina either. So if Regina is going to be put in that place, she needs a solid person behind her to keep all the other women. They keep saying they need to get some people from her camp or possibly uh, the military. She's like, yeah, definitely the military. I'm like, yeah, you're going to get the military. <laughs> because I feel that the military has been taking rather... Like, all it needs is for... The, the storming of the White House, right? The military feeling they're threatened. They respond back. And then you got Regina leading that charge. I don't know. Regina seems like she's going to push back harder. And she, they're going to need that to keep the government in line. Because all the insurgents are going to want to take out the government. So to protect their self and the things that they have. Because it is privileges what they got going on in there. Uh... Yeah, that's how it's going to wash out. I don't, I really don't think that Jennifer Brown is going to get out of this. There are too many swords coming for her. Hopefully she does and her and Christine could just escape the Pentagon. And that's how <laughs> the season ends. But everything that Kimmy was saying here, especially the part where she says that I mean, I really wondered if Regina was agreeing with her because she was like, yeah, you can't have oil or she made some type of analogy. And I'm like, what the fuck is that even mean? Uh, but her whole thing is we can end all the pain and suffering by making it a nation of mothers once again. And that York Brown is the key to fixing everything. God chose him. You fucking crazy, man. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. So let's talk about this a second. Um, she said, I wish I still had my TV show. <laughs> Regina is a hot ass mess. 
However, I do think these two women are about to ascend to power, which is terrifying. I've mentioned the word terror several times because clearly Kimmy is delusional. Even when she's talking and you see that fever in her, she's fully committed to this belief system. And then you have her mother. Marla is watching this unfold in alarm. She's hearing with these two women, a person she herself is like, this is a nut job and my daughter is conspiring with her. <laughs> and they plan to go after this woman's child. And despite what she says later on, which I'll get to that scene, means to basically, I mean, there's no sweet way to put this. You're not just going to be like, hey, York, you're going to save humanity. You mind fucking knocking us up? Your sperm is going to be the thing that makes us all better again? There's not going to be any choice in that. And, and this is where she's devolved from. It's <laughs> part of why she, I think she went off that building. She had nothing left in the end to stay on this earth for, including her daughter. We haven't talked a lot about religion on this show, but it's there. And there is no doubt in my mind that there are a lot of people in the world right now very much like Kimmy. Um, we're all concerned about the cults that are popping up and not the cults that already exist. And uh, it's very easy to see how as unhinged as Kimmy sounds, even that's why I'm I'm scared that even Regina <laughs> buys into this idea. People naturally look for someone to blame, which is what the people are doing outside. They look to move on as the people are doing at the supermarket. And then we have the ones that are trying to find a higher purpose and why it happened. And not just that things happen. That's a very hard pill to swallow. And we're still swallowing it in the 21st century. So to expect something this traumatic to happen in the world. And that you wouldn't, if anything, it's going to open up more doors for recruitment on this crazy ass idea. Because a crazy ass thing have happened. A biblical thing have happened. So I like the way that they're not putting a hammer on it, but they're definitely exploring it through the Kimmy character. You saw her praying this episode, what she was telling Christine the last episode. That is a huge, huge part of what happens. I mean, it's one of the things that Walking Dead always shied away from and while they had the whole preacher thing, it was always sugar fucking coated. It was never to the point. Because that's what I'm like. If you go into some of this stuff, there's a reason why the Crusades were the Crusades. The things people will do in the belief of what they believe is right. Especially when the world is fucking making no sense. <laughs> um, that's not to be undermined. And it's not only for the people that sound crazy. It's from the people that already were promoting an idea and now have, if anything, found a new purpose 
for that idea in this new world <laughs> and it's being so well portrayed and amber tamlin's doing such a, i mean she makes you want to choke her out <laughs> and yet you feel so sorry because you know this is part of already flawed thinking and then that psychotic break right the way in which she's sacrificing things of her own so that christine could have a good pregnancy juxtaposed her talking about capturing a man so that he can populate the rest of the world <laughs> and that's the thing she's so stuck on the men like man said a few episodes you guys are talking about the men we're not talking about the animals the dogs the cats the things that feed us the fish you're so focused on the center of what made your life worth it <laughs> that you're not thinking about all the other things in between york in the cell asked 355 can she even fight and that whatever she does don't be an idiot you're gonna learn today pause we'll come back to that because i skipped some of my notes i was like wait a minute i think i missed something so going back to Beth and Jennifer, Beth admits that she didn't say yes to York's marriage proposal and that she doesn't believe that this isn't natural, what has happened. She then follows it up with, do you know anything? That would have been my first indication. Like, I'm glad she didn't tell her about York. She was smart enough not to do that, but I felt as if she should have had someone following her at least out of the white house or the pentagon because sirens were on off in my head at that moment like why would you ask me that question do i know anything and if i did i would just tell you because what you were fucking my son <laughs> um she tells about her mother because she's like what about your family well my mom died like wait a minute you were on a bicycle right right you couldn't get through to the apartment to go see Yorick. You wouldn't even go. I don't care if um, I'm afraid to see the person that I love dead. I'm going to bury them and put them like she said she loved him. But to me, you can't love someone and leave them sitting dead on a couch or in bed. You wouldn't think to at least give them a proper funeral. Cover them up with a sheet. Put down some flowers outside the room if maybe you didn't want to go in there but i feel like you would have to know like i need to know everyone else but maybe him you would hold out that hope even if it was hopeless otherwise that's some fake ass love that you got <laughs> which it was anyway it's like i loved you as a uh, for what you could do for me and seeing uh, York in this episode the way he's a nurturer I can definitely see how a woman <laughs> would totally be into that like yeah he takes care of me he treats me good even though he has nothing going for him other than he has rich or well-to-do parents I thought having her come to the war room was really silly she goes oh she doesn't know she tells Christine to look after her and I'm like well maybe not bring her into the war room because she's like i can come i won't be in any trouble no you just showed up and you're not even staying and you just want to follow me around after you just asked me 
uh, do I know anything? And that you don't think it's unnatural or natural that this would happen? It had to be caused by something or someone. Christine then talks about how security is pretty much lax. <laughs> how everyone's kind of new. Like, come on, man. Marla comes into the room to confront Jennifer. Though she does not say anything to give it away except to give her a heads up without fully betraying her daughter. But I think it was just a moment of, you lied to me. I respect you. I mean, they've known, they seem like they've known each other for a really long time. Our children grew up together. She knew who York was, even as an adult. Um, but I think she just really said, like, I, you made me feel like I was crazy. You didn't tell me what was going on. And she feels like, why did it have to be your son? And she doesn't even say that. Like, it should have been my husband. Like, she's angry because she wants, like, she doesn't understand how she got to be so lucky. But at the same time, she's not trying to ruin her. If anything, she gave her a heads up that I don't feel that Jennifer took to heart the way she should have. And I, I think she really was not in that moment doing like, and you could see that Jennifer was giving her looks like, I know that you know what I know. And I really can't discuss it because she even says we can go somewhere private, but that's not what she wanted. And then she had this comment, you weren't even a good mother. So that's interesting. Maybe that's because she says that, or she mentioned earlier to Beth that Hero never reached out to her. <laughs> Uh, so maybe that's why but still I don't care how terrible your mama is it's the end of the fucking world Yorick in the cell asks 355 going back to that if she could fight she replies that she is fine and if it weren't for her saving his ass in New York he'd still be writing love letters to his girlfriend she wants to have an option so he decides to test if she's fit enough to fight congratulations you played yourself. I laughed so hard during this whole scene. Because man's over there. What was she doing? Paper mache's? She's like, ignore him. Don't do this. And then, like two kids, really. <laughs> now, in the comic, they make it a little bit more clear that 355 and York are the same age. And man is maybe about five to six years older than them. But they don't make that distinction here, at least yet. Uh, but I could definitely see them as being more petty to each other. And man being over there like, this is ridiculous. I know y'all ain't about to get into a fight. Like, don't do this. <laughs> and then he just, she just walks up to him. And he's like, like, I know you ain't serious. Even though he called her out. And then she, he reaches for the, <laughs> the ties. And then she just pushes him down. And he's like, oh, you gonna fucking do this? Okay, I'm gonna show you. She said, boy, you about to get your ass beat with a shoelace. <laughs> what a fucking shoelace. And he didn't take the hit. She knocked his ass down quick, but then the best was when he reached for her weapon and she slapped him in the head. <laughs> then she got the shoelace around his neck. She's like, I, I give up. You win. You win. It was at this moment that he knew. 
he fucked up. Their dynamic is so interesting to me because it remains antagonistic, but you have these moments of just sweetness between them or a smile and then the next minute they're fighting and then the next minute it's like is this okay like she changes in the pajamas and despite earlier her slapping his hand away he's the one that's actually tucking her in and she's allowing it to happen so the way in which she does not want to be vulnerable especially with the mission i think um and then his need to take care of her it's fun to watch because she doesn't want it in the same way he doesn't really want to be the child she's babysitting in a, in a way <laughs> to finish up the scene though she gets sick all over the wall and he's like my bad and then man slaps him like what i told you you had to you had to do that you knew you was gonna make her sick but she made her own self sick because she was trying to prove a point and then he was trying to prove a point and they both really proved their point to be fair like you're not really up to taking out all these people but at the same time <laughs> don't tell me i can't defend my fucking self because i can you as shit ain't gonna be able to help um sonia comes in with pills and states that they decided that they can stay until 355 as well and that they have a doctor I also laugh when they heard someone coming. They was quickly like, hand it back to Shoelace. Give her the Shoelace. <laughs> and she hid it away. So they're, they're, they, they're so comical. This is what makes the comics so well is how these three people interact with each other. Because we spend a lot of time with them. And the fact that even though they both were dissing the Shoelace, they were very quick to be like, A we sure as shit ain't gonna help ourselves out so give the uh super agent her weapon any weapon what i found interesting is despite the fact that she was um intending on being the one that spoke previously when it was just her and man it's actually man the one speaking because after she gives the verdict sonia that they're staying it's man who's being skeptical because she's listening saying oh well what if we want to go and sonia said well that's allowed but i wouldn't recommend it uh we'll just escort you out yorick says no we'll stay because he's the one that spent the most time with them and you have 355 allowing him to have a judgment call and then she allows man to have a moment to speak to be useful in a moment when she is not so although she's so stubborn and prickly the entire time that she's getting help she does allow them to have some agency 355 does ask you know why did you allow us to stay and sonia replies that maybe hell is in other people and i'm thinking they probably know better than any i'm I don't trust this group fully but i don't get the they are evil people vibe i think they've you know they're prisoners in a prison and they want to be free the world's ending and you're fucking still keeping me a prisoner that might be in some other people's idea of unfair <laughs> 
So I'm not I'm not saying that they're I'm advocating for guard murder, but when it comes to our group and their situation, you know, they don't seem to have any menacing intent at this time. That's not to say that they don't have some maybe possible ideas of what the future could look like. And maybe they're trying to just maybe uh, manipulate them into it. 355 does allow man to help her out of the cell door, but slaps York for his <laughs> assistance. Kimmy is yelling at Marla that she embarrassed him, thinking that she's angry at Jennifer instead of simply confronting her about the lie she told. She's like, I'm angry at her too. I want to yell at her all the time. This is not the same thing, Kimmy. Marla just wants to go home. But Kimmy's been so tied up on in her own agenda, she forgot to tell her mother that their home no longer exists, that it has been flooded. Kimmy gonna say, I thought someone told you. You were supposed to tell her. Why would anyone, like that news should come from family and that you are family and you know and you didn't need to tell your own mother. Oh, how people love to make excuses for their own behavior. She repeats that she wants to go home, which to me was a clear indication she was saying she wants to die. And Kimmy's only comfort is to express that York Brown is God's plan once again, forcing her to pray even though she no longer believes in God. And as she looks at her daughter, she no longer believes that she can stay on this earth for her. Like, I, I can't. I'm done. I don't even want to watch what you're about to unfold into. Bev takes a shower and then prepares to leave, stating that she is staying with friends and it's clear she's part of a problem and not of a solution. You even had Jennifer trying to offer like, hey, take my jacket. I can't. It's got the military on it. Like she's clearly anti-government saying, taking it out there. That should not matter. Everyone watch your ass come in the gate. Then she says, oh, you you can only pick so many people that live here. There was so much passive-aggressive speak that I'm really surprised that we at least should have had an aside where she talked to Christine and said, I don't think that's the best that I knew before or something to that effect. York makes 355 as comfortable as possible while man watches. So despite man helping her out of the room, it's York who insists on being the Molly Cotler. He really can't help himself. <laughs> she asked him for a favor, and his face... Am I wrong? For thinking that we could be something for real. He was so disappointed when she said, keep your mouth shut, don't trust anyone. <laughs> Including that girl making eyes at you. What girl? You know who. Then she tells him he won't have to take care of her like this again. She promises. He doesn't even know what to say to it. He's just like, I know. Tucks her in. I'm glad she got some pajamas on. <laughs> and then York is kind of, because I'm thinking man probably stayed with 355. So York goes out by himself, listens to music. And then is asked to join what someone thought was a good idea 
to have a cookout. I got beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, raw, raw, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rat, you And on one hand, I'm like, really? Y'all drinking beer? Got the lights all out? Just having a, a shindig? I have to remember two things. Life is short. They just saw everyone die. B, you got to find joy where you can. And C, they've been in prison for how many fucking years? <laughs> Not to mention criminals aren't the brightest. People like to believe that, oh, you're a criminal in this world. You'll probably survive. No one said y'all was smart. You got caught. <laughs> Sonia finds him. And I'm not sure if he's going to fuck her out of spite or if he's just going to do it because he needs something that he can't get from his current crew. But she tells him that Janice killed two people in the 70s with her boyfriend, that her boyfriend died, was electrocuted in the 90s. But now she's mellowed out. But Janice is keeping a close eye. York doesn't, you can tell he does enjoy having company not snapping at him and genuinely interested in him as a man and not the mission or his doctor. And that's why I think he might smash a girl. But he was saying Beth's name in his dream. In the comics, he very, and this is not too much of a spoiler, but he was going around like, I will only give myself to Beth <laughs> until it doesn't become a thing. Um, but I think maybe in this moment, like, the, I think there's a reason why 355 said, watch out for that girl. And not because of what the look she was giving him, but the looks that he kind of was allowing, like, yeah. And then that when the lights went out and she's just drinking the beer and she's clearly giving him the fuck me eyes. And he's kind of like, well, do I want to do it? Like, we're going to be here for a few days. <laughs> I love my girl, but at the same time, never underestimate the need for comfort. And a lot of people find that in a sexual encounter. And it doesn't mean I have feelings for you. It just means, you know, <laughs> I need something. Dom questions Janice choice to allow them to stay calling her fucking stupid. So what did you say to me, little girl? As they suspect that they are being chased and after him. But there's the scrutiny of what happened at the prison that concerns some others. She knows that him and her crew are a problem and that she better not get attached. And that's when you get that indication that something happened with the guards. They probably think that they're going to get in trouble for that. If people come looking like the military, you know, they clearly are on some kind of mission. People will be after them. Maybe from the government. We don't want eyes on us. And she tells. Uh, or she makes the comment that Sonya better not get attached. Lights go out. Likely on a timer. And the way she keeps drinking beer. We've already talked about that. Something might happen. Kimmy goes to the wall. And takes down the photo of her boy. And I'm thinking, is this lady so nuts she thinks that a man can impregnate her with children and then that will somehow be how she sees the faces of her children? I don't know. She doesn't make sense. This, and the thing is, I want to be angry at her, but I pity her more than anything else. 
Kimmy finds Marla's suicide note as she propels herself off the roof and she screams in the hall knowing there was nothing she could do to stop it. It already happened. She came back trying to make some cobbler. <laughs> this worries me. Uh, this tragedy. After six plus seasons of scandal, I know in politics, familiar death has a way of swaying people's vote and there has been a vote that has been talked about. And I think this is going to bring more people to Kimmy's side and that she will use that newfound pool for her benefit. Because she said we got to get some of their allies and the army. I think that she's going to use that outburst that Marla went into the room like, oh, Jennifer, she's definitely blaming Jennifer. Like you made my mom feel like she was crazy and now she jumped off of a building or worse, doesn't think it's a suicide, thinks that Jennifer ordered her murdered. <laughs> you never know how people who are already spiling can change the narrative to suit their story and you were a hard daughter though for ignoring her grief and not grieving with her at all to give her something to hold on to life for you only seemed intent on taking down someone based on some really fucked up beliefs but she will never see it that way Beth gets in the van with other women clearly being sent on a recon mission. She says it's like a time capsule in there and it's not hard to get in. They're going to take over the Pentagon. They about to burn that motherfucker down. They about to burn that motherfucker down. And that's how we ended this week. I get sad every time. I still haven't heard anything about season two. Kind of stressed about it to be quite frank. I need y'all to give me some happy news soon because this show is amazing. We do have feedback, so let's hop into the mailbag. What up, Christina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for Why the Last Man. And this is season one, episode seven. I can't believe we're already on seven. I don't know how many episodes this season has, but I just I feel like this. I don't know if time's just flying by or what, but I can't believe we're already on seven. This episode was really good. I uh, I have a lot of feelings, but like I, I was glad that I got another t like some more hours to put this together because I thought I don't know why like wasn't it on Mondays because I remember I missed it the last the first couple of episodes because I thought it was the day after it aired but it was the day it aired so it's Tuesdays now I just I don't know why I can't seem to get it together I have no idea I don't know what's going on but I did just find out that the flash will be coming back next month so that's pretty exciting hopefully um I don't know how many episodes we got left of this, but hopefully um, it's more than 10. But I, I'm just used to shows ever since Netflix, like new shows don't go more. They go like maybe 10, 13, but I, I don't know if they're trying to compete with Netflix or they just feel like they've learned that it's more feasible for a new show to do a small amount that way they can add more later I don't know but I guess we'll find out um so 
I guess the first thing I want to talk about is York because I know what you said about him and I'm trying to just remember that even if York is really getting on my nerve right now it could be worse <laughs> and I don't know what it is about him like I I don't know I don't personally find York attractive <laughs> but you know if he was the last man on earth I'm sure he'd be fine as fuck I, I'm, I'm not sure um, I think he has beautiful hair I love he, he has a nice body his body is perfect like it's not too muscular but it's not like scrawny like I like men that are you know have some type of thickness to them you know I don't want a man who's skinnier than me that's never been attractive to me like I need you to at least be like thick so that I'm not feeling a little husky <laughs> around you um, but I just I don't find him attractive at all other than his hair being gorgeous and I'd be wanting to run my fingers through it that's about it and I don't know why but the, his lisp even though it's very mild annoys me like I feel like when you're an actor you should be taking some type of speech classes so you don't have a list. I know that's real petty of me and picky, but I don't know what it is about men and lists. Actually, just if you're not a kid, it's not cute. <laughs> it annoys me. My, one of my sisters has a list on um, the older, one of the older ones, and it annoys the shit out of me when I talk to her. It's like, you are almost 40. You haven't figured out how to work that out yet. Like, it's literally a speech impediment. I'm going to need you to get, a, get on that, okay? Call a, a speech pathologist, please, and get that shit together. <laughs> anyway, so this episode started with th Agent 355 falling asleep at the wheel. And I was like, shit, that's not great. But then when she crashed the camper into the tree, I was like, god damn it. <laughs> like, that was a perfect ride for them to make it to San Francisco because it's big enough that you guys can sleep. Um, and carry your arsenal as I, as I guess you know York told the the newcomers that they have um but like it could have been really bad like I feel like we're fortunate that she was the only one that was injured and yes she has a concussion and it's a really bad one um but they could have died like that was a pretty bad crash like she lost control of the car when it was going the camper when it was going pretty fast so that was really really potentially fatal um so that was <laughs> the first thing the the other thing when it happened and dr uh man came to i understand like your initial reaction is to try and get help but I just for the life of me don't understand why they see a bunch of people coming and she immediately flags them down like I would have at least hid a little bit and scoped it out and see what's what because she, we're like I would be fine with what she did had I not like had we not been introduced to her with the way she was like she literally attacked York because she didn't know who they were and what they wanted so she's clearly had some encounters with some people that wanted to do her harm also even look what they did to her um like her lab so i know she understands the danger that's out there it's not like she's one of those naive people like kimber is it kimberly kimber her i don't know why i called her kimber kimberly like you understand what's out there so i just i don't understand why your initial reaction was to immediately ask for assistance this isn't normal times where you can assume most people that do that you encounter are gonna do right by you in this world you should assume 
everyone that you meet will do you harm until you have evidence of something otherwise. Okay, so now that we talked about Dr. Mann, let's talk about York's response to waking up naked in a strange area. Now, I understand he woke up naked. He doesn't remember what happened. Okay, that's fine. But my initial reaction to waking up naked is to try and figure out where the fuck I am and I would assume whoever did this to me is not my friend like these are my all my assumptions even in this world and age today I'm not gonna assume anybody that would strip me naked and lay me in a bed is gonna do me harm especially when the motherfucker's laying right beside me like that would have been my first question why am I naked and why are you next to me like this don't make no sense especially like bitch I was unconscious like I something about that situation made me immediately not like her like I don't remember what that girl is I don't even remember why the actress looked so familiar to me I'm sure she was in something but it seems as though at some point in this encounter York realized that these women were from a prison and I know that not everybody in prison is guilty, but what I do know is that prison life changes you, whether you're a woman or a man. So as soon as I found that out, my guard would be all the fuck the way up. And I, and I think that seeing York this way helped me realize how privileged he was. Now I know he's a white man in America and, and that's an assumption. You can just assume that he's privileged, but the fact that he is uh, the only man in this society with the Y chromosome he's clearly he's very tall he's they keep describing him as six foot muscular man so he is not a scrawny man so my assumption would be is he's privileged in the the thought of like you know how women we have to be conscious about where we are who's around us and what time it is and things like that situations like that that's something we have learned in our life especially you know just just you know as a single woman you learn to just know your surroundings or don't go out later make sure you're you know you wear you know where the exits are that's something that I feel like especially as a black woman that I've always had to to do so he I think he he's privileged in the, the thought that he doesn't think that he needs to be protected and he doesn't think that these people will do him harm I thought that he would have figured that out in that you know dry cleaner place in episode one but he still has not learned that you cannot trust people especially you're the only man left on this planet now I don't understand why he wouldn't have just said no I'm a I'm you know I was not born with a white chromosome like why does he need to broadcast this to people he just fucking met like even if they let you live they know and you know that this is a problem because multiple people have told you your mom agent 355 like what the fuck is wrong with you why why do you feel the need to tell everybody that you and ampersand are both males why is that fucking necessary they they can't prove just by looking at you that you were born with the y chromosome you can say you're a man yes you have the right to say that because you know sam's a man um, there were some men in that in that prison, but when it's all said and done, they're alive because they didn't they were not born with the Y chromosome, but you were. You should not be alive by all accounts. And I guess at some point we're gonna figure out and find out why you were still alive. But 
we need to get your dumb ass to uh, San Francisco. And you just refuse to even remotely try and be safe. Like, it's so fucking annoying. Um, side note, that the whole barbecue that they had where they cook, they were cooking like 12 chickens. Motherfucker for what? Do y'all realize what's happening? I know y'all trying to have a good time drinking beer and shit, but what's going to happen in a month when y'all ain't got no motherfucking food? talking about let's turn the power off at nine o'clock i think that y'all do that because y'all can't figure out how to keep the power on prisons do that lights out at a certain time you they tell you when to go to sleep and when to wake up and i guarantee that's why the lights are going off anybody who's trying to reserve what they have do not sit there and have a fucking barbecue party where y'all cooking up all kinds of everything i'm gonna need y'all to act like y'all need to ration (laughs) y'all won't even leave this place because you know whatever happened to the guards y'all motherfuckers did something to them and 355 peep that shit out immediately um now let's talk about my girl because we learned something about her in this episode when she had a concussion and she was dreaming that she had a really bad car crash when she was younger and we find out when she was talking to dr man that it was when she was 12 so that must have been what orphaned her and what made her lose her her family um we still don't know how she ended up in agent but that explains a lot um so she had a seems like she had a very loving family up until she was 12 um and this explains why she doesn't get close to anybody like she lost her entire family and it like i know i saw her mom we saw her dad so i'm assuming she was in the car because that's what it looked like when she was looking at herself she her like hands looked younger like she was a, ch- a child so she must have been in the car and she must have been unscathed so she probably has survivor's remorse i know i've read about that when i was in psychology um classes at niu or the university i went to when i was getting my fr- first bachelor's degree um so it does seem as though um she um does have some type of unresolved post-traumatic stress which makes sense um it's sad though that that lady whoever took her in clearly took advantage of the situation and made her um what she is today now can we talk about her fighting um york when she had a concussion that shit was so funny i know i shouldn't have laughed but he really thought if he got his stance together he was gonna beat her up or give the upper hand like let me just sneak attack dude have you not seen her fight you should have known immediately that she was gonna whoop your ass and that (laughs) don't make no sense (laughs) okay so now that i've talked enough about them i'm gonna jump over to um jennifer and then kimber little side plot stories because um i'm I'm already over 10 minutes but first really quickly i want to talk about beth because when we were introduced her we figured out where she is she um was i'm assuming making her way to the capitol so that she could you know get some intel on jennifer but from the beginning as soon as she came like when she was around uh jennifer she just seemed off like her questions just didn't seem to make sense or didn't seem i guess like you just you just found her you guys are talking it just seems like you're asking very invasive questions that if someone wasn't fishing it would have taken them some time to to get to you know what i'm saying i just her questioning just seemed very abrupt and i could tell from the beginning that she like we only we were only introduced to her one time so i'm sure I might be have just 
assuming what was happening with the plot but she just seemed different from the person we were introduced to to who she was when we saw her with the president and um the fact that jennifer didn't tell her york was alive lets me know that deep down she probably felt there was something off too um just her questioning you know you know i, don't, I can't remember the exact question she she had it was when she said so do you know what happened like what the fuck kind of question is that that was mimi with her thoughts on the episode girl i'd always had this on tuesday i don't know what you talking about <laughs> but i have been posting these on tuesday because i thought the show actually came on on mondays so i didn't know that it it uh after the first three episodes that's also why it probably feels like it's gone really quickly because the first three episodes came out in one week so it kind of feels like the season is shorter as the continued weeks it's only three up yeah it's like only eight weeks of television uh actually i think you have it backwards so most network tv have been doing 13 14 or not 13 17 18 17 to 22 series or episode series and a lot of people like the huge push over the years has been to shorten that shit so i don't think that um they're taking from like netflix that's just how it's always been because network they get paid more for the advertising and the commercials whereas a lot of like this is fx so a cable television the push has been for years to start making their series smaller because you can do more it's more efficient and i actually 125 percent agree i think that a 10 episode season is a good place because they always fuck it up when it's more they don't know where to start the story they start you know they're just making it for the thing i think 10 episodes is a pretty decent amount of time to tell a story it's like three movies <laughs> so i'm i'm the polar opposite on yeah i don't need a whole bunch of shows to be that many episodes and now that more network or other networks are God, I can't talk right now. I always hate when I'm right at that moment of the night where everything just goes blah, 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 blah. So I know that a lot of other networks are doing a three episode thing to try to shorten that as well because people start to lose interest because other shows are now following suit. So while it does suck if you're podcasting, trying to do three episodes, a lot of people prefer that. I have yet to hear Yorick have a list. I don't know if you're attuned to it, but I was very surprised when you said that. Like, I've not noticed him have a list at all. Uh, yeah, 355, no, she fucked up. That's why she's like, I promise I will never do this again. I don't know, though, if that's a promise you're going to be able to keep. <laughs> but she wants to keep it. I will say yes, Man and York are not as cautious as they should be. I think that kind of, I don't have as much excuse for Man, but for York, it makes a lot more sense. I will say he did wake up in the girl's bed. He was nude. He wasn't like, oh, well, she did have a gun in her hand. <laughs> uh, so considering how his game at fighting is i wouldn't have expected him but he did try to scope it out 
you know he saw those people in the kitchen he grabbed a weapon it's not much else he could have done and then it was just taken out of his hand like it was a child <laughs> and uh, you bring up the dry cleaners but that's a situation in which yes people are going to react to him being a man but nothing bad actually happened they let him go he pled his case and thus i think it's hard some people do need to learn the hard way to see that there are people that are evil in the world because he is obstinately not of the opinion that hey people are evil he rather side with his optimism and believe people are good because he doesn't want to shatter that illusion that people are evil or bad or, or have the capacity for that and i think we take it for granted in television you know be smart make the right decisions but a lot of us are going it's our natural inclination rather we feel like i'm sure we'll need a lot more but you know it's not so out of the blue to trust people to think maybe just maybe they're not going to be evil or they're not going to do something terrible he doesn't understand his value yet he's still under the impression that that's that can't possibly be true he's the only one so while yes i agree i am harsh on him too trust i am <laughs> maybe you're a little bit more harsh but yeah he doesn't have the street smarts and he keeps assuming people are better than they are but that's not to assume that all people aren't at least have the capacity to show empathy as in the case that 355 was fucked up and they really did give her or help her be better they gave her a bed uh i think that if they really wanted to do what they were going to do they would have just done it already there's no other than trying to lure him into a false sense of security i think that they're like they needed help you guys can go i think that that was all genuine after she's better but i do think in the meantime sonya gonna try to get knocked up <laughs> and i think that's what they were discussing like what is the like he looked at me and i thought he was interested he wasn't not interested i saw him naked um yeah uh i, I don't know i don't know i just know that i side with you because that's inevitably what tv has ta taught us but in uh trying to come out of that tv moment at least for me i don't i i don't think that it's not irrational to try to find people to survive with i think even in the walking dead they go back and forth between that yeah should we just keep our our gates closed forever and never help anybody who might actually be good and beneficial had a whole fucking season about how life is precious i didn't agree with a hundred percent of what morgan was talking about but he also had a fair point to play out and it ended up playing out like that you never know so yeah i i'm with you he needs to be way more cautious about what he says out of his mouth but at the same time what else are you know you at some point might need to rely on other people and it is it's a trading game it's about what you have everyone may not have ill intent towards you even if they have other intents towards you <laughs> uh, i was laughing at you dragging the prison folks 
But I, I do have to say they've been in prison. The guards were clearly murdered. But prison ain't no joke, man. It's like, yeah, I'm finally free after how many years? That one chick's been in jail since 78? I'm not saying, I'm not justifying what she did, clearly. Even though if I was those prison guards, I'd be like, yeah, no one's telling me I have to do this. And I can understand if you just had some really violent people. I mean, that's a catch-22, but I also think that maybe... Mm -mm. We don't know what those prison guards were like. <laughs> I'm already trying to justify murder, even though I'm telling myself, no, no. Uh, playing just devil's advocate for 355, we don't know her family was good. <laughs> you were like, she must came for a good family and had a good 12 years. We don't know that. She might have had a tumultuous 12 years. They might have been abusive. Who knows? All we know is that she had a family. She was outside the car. I agree with no blood on her hands. Survivor's remorse. That's probably correct. Uh, I could see that happening. And then, you know, her being recruited into program. I think it might even be a little bit more than that. But I may be also leaning into some comic knowledge. So I'm kind of biased. So, I, But the show has definitely made a lot of changes that I don't. While I do have biases, I could also be surprised. And people are not rational when trauma hits that hard. They need someone to blame. I think that we're thinking rationally in an irrational world. It's uh, we're in a privileged place to say, oh, well, well, I'll react like this. I'll do this. I'll do that. People should be more smarter. But when billions of people die, it's hard to really predict how you would respond to that. I don't think that even acting irrationally is not irrational. You, it, It's natural instinct to find someone to blame in the absence of an explanation. Right? That's why you have Kimmy reaching out for religion. And then you have other people reaching out for the government. And you mention, oh, well, why would someone do something to their government? Who says it's intentional? Our government does things all the time that causes unintentional <laughs> destruction somewhere. It may not even be on our soil. So I'm just on the other side of that realism that I find it. I don't even think that in kind of what man said, it's not like they're totally wrong. I don't think that being right about something doesn't mean your whole conspiracy sticks. However, it's not as if the government is being upfront with them, but when have they? And if they do, it's usually because we don't want to be in that moral dilemma. <laughs> That's the truth about human beings. We don't want to be in that fucking moral dilemma. So some things are kept from the public and then when we were forced to deal with the moral dilemma then we then we get on the the social media boards and yada 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 right then we pick a side but if they can stop the public from being in that moral dilemma that's what the government is going to do and to pretend it's just all of a sudden doing it so i'm more inclined of if this were to happen yeah i don't think it's really irrational to think maybe the government did something or experimenting for something totally different hey let's uh let's find warfare and then they accidentally did something that fuck i'm not giving no spoilers away i'm just saying 
from a realist 2021 perspective i just don't see that as something that's with that and then why would you tell anyone if that was that's the thing if the government covered it up and you're part of the government and you go out and tell them you know guys you're all right there was something they don't know they don't have an answer they've been telling them they don't have an answer people don't believe them they can't force them to believe them but even if they were to come out and said this is how it happened da 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 you're still gonna have those people because sometimes emotion trumps logic they're angry they're grieving <laughs> and many may not have something to hold on to they may not have a daughter you know like Mackenzie that keeps you grounded you know some may have it and they're still not being able to because they've never you know I, I'm I'm always a lot less critical of psychological trauma because while and the thing is sometimes people can get caught up in something and then maybe as time goes by they become a little bit more logical but you're always going to have these people in these groups that are all trying they're just they're feeding off of each other in the space of what seems an insurmountable thing to surpass people are starving there's limited supplies more or people are going to die everything is going to get 10 times worse for years lots of those years before they even get close to having a sun on the horizon and that's a black hole to accept and so it's a tricky situation to be in definitely you brought up the planet and i said don't even get me started in my notes on the planet <laughs> do not get me started i don't I, i'm gonna uh link you to george carlin talking about uh earth day or the planet but i'm everything he says is absolutely factual <laughs> we don't have to worry about the fucking planet we don't we have to worry about us surviving on the fucking planet the planet's gonna fix itself okay the planet is going to fix yes all of you um earth people whatever i believe in global warming i'm not saying i don't believe in it i'm saying that humanity if we want to save anyone we're not saving the planet we're saving humanity stop acting like we're being all you know selfless in our joy no the planet will be fucking fine it's been here for billions of years and has went through more than just fucking humans and their plastic you know we're just now learning about the environment that's the whole thing we're just realizing oh shit we need these things to keep surviving as a species maybe we shouldn't have went through and fucked it up these 200 years of industrialization <laughs> that's where that's coming from but the planet the planet has things to course correct itself it is a system in which we don't fully understand how it works but that is why the, the we're causing the earth to, to warm up but that's not to say that you know there's been fucking several ice ages okay <laughs> take tectonic plates there's been shifting of oceans we're just lucky to be here at the end of one of those huge periods where it was so calm that we were able to come into play as a goddamn species we happen to be in the good point 
<laughs> but it's the planet which we've seen if you're watching the work hurricanes out there other places in the world that get it 10 times worse than we do then you know that the planet is still doing its thing it don't give a fuck about us and then about the oceans that's what it does it, it's gonna do what it needs to do if it needs a tsunami to get itself back together it's gonna tsunami all of us okay if it needs to create viruses to do something about these pesky fleas on the surface of it that's what it's gonna do my issue is not issue my commentary is the planet's fine the humans are fucked i'm gonna link that george carlin thing because it's just it's hilarious but it's absolutely i'm kind of quoting him on most of my commentary but it's literally what i've always felt <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not going i'm just gonna go out there and say fuck it all but i think this whole big old concern it's about us it's not about the fucking planet just be honest about what it is the planet is like yeah i got you i'm gonna tornado this planet has has, re, has repaired itself before it will do so again after us and continue to do so this planet been bombarded by asteroids <laughs> and the motherfucker just said ah okay now this nice fat crater in the earth will just move some shit around here move some things here no one will survive for thousands of years oh there's two thousands of this other little species well you better figure that shit out y'all better go underground and that's what a lot of species that weren't humans did and they survived life will find a way if it's meant to and that is my ted talk for planet earth <laughs> so we do have shy coming in at the last motherfucking minute <laughs> saltine i was compressing and i and i literally stopped myself from sending out a message to be like shy you gonna make it because i was like no i'm not gonna do that i said it was eight o'clock deadline i was gonna put on eight o'clock and i didn't want to rush people and here she come at 8 20. i was like motherfucker but you made it on some time so let's hear what she has to say <laughs> about this episode hey christina it's me shy i'm here to give my feedback for why the last man's the last man sorry about to give it more of a title. Um, I don't remember what episode we're on. I think it's seven or eight. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. We got a change of scenery. Um, Yorick finding himself in another precarious situation. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, if I sound tired, it's because I am. So I don't even know if this feedback is going to make it to you in time. I ended up getting home late from work. And so I'm trying to get this in before you uh, <laughs> shoot the deuces and just um, do the podcast. So, and yeah, my brain is almost shut down. So... If I find my, if you find me struggling for words and all that good stuff, that's why, because that's how it works for me, especially in recent things that have been going on with me, health-wise. So yeah, I'm just um, gonna just do the best I can. But I will, like I said, or did I say? I don't know. <laughs> About um, uh, three, you know, we got 355, Yurik and Dr. Man, and we got the political side of things with Jennifer 
and then a surprise appearance from Beth, which I was not expecting, and I definitely wasn't expecting what happened at the end, so I'm very intrigued as to what's going on with that, but I'll get to that in a minute. We didn't get Hero and that in the Costco group, um, the Coke group, um, the ones that y'all, you and Mimi are going to rescue me from. Um, so we didn't get them in this one. It, I didn't even miss them at all. So that's crazy to say because um, they were such a big part of last episode. Maybe that's why. But I mean, I'm probably be biased. But again, my favorite scenes are Yurik, um, 355 and Dr. Man. Uh, I'm always, always looking forward to what's going on with that. Um, the one thing I will say, um, just like I mentioned in my last feedback about why I thought it was a dumb plan for them to Dr. Mann and I forget her first name. I don't know. Whatever her first name is. Start calling her that. Um, and Yorick calling themselves <laughs> going off on their own without 355. I'm like, okay. So you got two naive green people trying to trek, make a across the country without even knowing the dangers that they're going to be facing and being prepared for them and then of course prime example is what we're this episode um so yeah i'm definitely going to need yurik to amp up his survival instincts and get with the program and really understand his situation and what that means and being a little bit more careful. Um, I understand what you were saying in the last um, podcast about him wearing that face mask. I just know the gas mask. I'm sorry. I just know how uncomfortable the things are. I know that versus your life. Um, I, you know, obviously the gas mask would be on. I just, I mean, I, my thinking was that I'm sure there are some situations where he can pass as being, especially as they get further, further away from the political aspect and nobody knows him and this and that the other um that's why you know when the, the army chick was um giving them the uh rundown on what happened and she was like oh yeah he was a guy i'm like okay i mean again i know we're trained in the military for this and that and the other but how it was dark and um you know things were happening fast i'm not saying you can suspect that it was a guy, but the way she was acting, it's like, come on now, that that's unrealistic to be that positive. But I guess for plot, we have to, you know, go there. Um, so, but yeah, she was just not swaying from that. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, especially, yeah, it just, it, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could be wrong, ma'am. So, <laughs> but I guess, you know, whatever. Anyways, so that ramps up the Kim, Regina, and I forget Kim's mom's name, who I had a feeling that she was uh, gonna, she was going down this path. I mean, I had a feeling before now, but yeah, the way she was acting, I was like, she's not long for this world. She's just so far gone and so depressed and so just, you know, laying in bed, watching 40 hours of MASH. I never saw that show. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's the signs were all there that she was on the verge. And then her breaking point, I guess, was finding out about Yurik and just knowing that there was a possibility that her, you know, her, some of her family 
could have survived and didn't. And um, yeah, I just pushed her over the edge. And then, of course, the way Kim was treating her throughout this episode. Um, speaking of Kim, uh, she went to Cray Crayville with the way she was acting about um, Yorick and the possibility of him being alive. So I'm like, oh, Lord, why am I not surprised? Her thoughts immediately went to having babies. <laughs> it's like, okay, ma'am, even if you have a, get pregnant again, I mean, unless you selectively, intentionally get pregnant with a male baby, I mean, there's no guarantee that you're going to have another boy just because you had three the first time. You know, you have three. That fourth child could be a, a girl. So, yeah. Anyway, um, back to Yorick. Um, yes, that, yeah, that survival instinct needed to kick in big time. I feel like as time goes on, though, um, which is I'm, I'm sure I'm you know, stating the obvious, that you know because one thing i will say about 355 is she needs to be able to trust a little bit because i'm thinking that's why they're in the situation they're in because she couldn't trust them to do anything so she's doing all the driving she's doing she fell asleep at the wheel and crashed the the, the truck and or she's up there siphoning um gas out of a car and it's just you know you gotta be you know it's the three of y'all and Yes, you should be in charge, but they need to be able to help um, in certain situations. And so I feel like that's going to slowly happen, whereas, you know, Yurik hopefully will gain some type of common sense and some survival, stronger survival instincts, because right now it ain't it. Because, um, yes, I mean, the, I mean, that he, I guess the fact that he don't sense that something's off with that woman. I mean, we're talking about prisoners women prisoners that have been without any for however long they've been in prison i don't know how long that girl was in prison and then there's no males when they do escape prison and then this male comes up and like this carrot dangling this carrot is appetizing carrot and so you know she's trying to get some um and i don't know if she's gonna stay uh what do they call less than moral less the morally the moral world to get what she wants i mean she's already took him off all his clothes laying next to him while he's naked so yeah that's that's definitely um stalkerville territory and cray cray territory so yes watch your back 355 shouldn't have to tell you that but yeah we're talking about your care so He's in the baby stages of understanding what it's like to survive, what he needs to do to survive. Um, so, yeah. As for the other surprise of this, or I say other surprise, the, the surprise of the episode was Beth's appearance and the fact that apparently she's working for some anti-government um, or she's in cahoots with an anti-government group so that's gonna be interesting to learn about that and because she was like stone cold she met with jennifer ate you know got some intel and didn't like oh i gotta go i just came to say hi i'm so glad that jennifer didn't tell her about yurik because wow but i'm like is this the always been beth because she just I mean, she was she was stone cold when she was saying no to Yurik about the marriage proposal. But I was like, man, this is the, the woman that Yurik is in love with. 
So I'm very fascinated with her story and her character as well. Like, what is happening with her? Um, so, yes, that's all I got because my time is almost up. But, um, yes, I try, I'm trying to get my stuff in for this time around. So on that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That was Shy with her feedback. She gonna say, oh, I got health issues and trying to make me feel bad because... <laughs> I was like when the when the church doors open and the sermon's 20 minutes in you be like oh really overflow you coming overflow anyhow <laughs> you actually said something that got me thinking of something that Mimi said because I forgot she asked that question because I'm not going to spoil anything for the comments unless we discuss it all offline uh, but as far as this turn for Beth Mimi was struggling with it if she's a teacher. Let me tell you something. Almost all revolutionaries are teachers, are students, are scholarly intended folks. The more educated and the reason why that they have much more of a sway is because they probably are more on the know. Like, nah, that's, that's absolute. 100% a teacher, a college professor. Yeah, that's revolutionary. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Kool-Aid? I don't know. But basically, that is not without the realm of possibility. That actually makes a whole lot of sense. Especially if you think about it, you're a black American. Why the fuck wouldn't you? You already are one inch on the side of, I don't trust these motherfuckers. So the fact that she met up with other women that were also black and she happened to be talking about white privilege when we first met her, I think that's where we might be going on some type of way in the other direction. It could not be an all black movement, but I definitely think that it's a movement. And um, yeah, their thing is they want to destroy the government because they think that the government did something. Uh... They've been making really light of it, but it's not even something that's not like he, they went all the way to Boston and the people making pamphlets. And the fact that we have Jennifer being able to communicate with the people outside the gate and no one else. There's a lot of things going on in the world. I think we're being a little harsh on people and how they're reacting based on just how little they're being being given from the government. I mean, that's Washington. Imagine you being all the way on the other side. Or, who was that? New York? I don't know where the Pentagon is. Do not ask me. I don't think it's Washington. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't because Boston's all down that side. Yeah, but imagine if you're in California right now. You got tidal waves. You got planes crashing. They're being a little subtle on all of the fucking terrible shit that's happened. But just imagine everywhere being being anywhere and watching it go down. There's no, it's so, so much easier to say what you want to do. Everything I see, even the irrational people, even the people I don't agree with, I can see how they got there. I can totally understand how they got there. And I think for that uh, pilot, I think it's not even that much. They're putting, these are military people. They're not stupid. Even if she can't say, and that's what she said, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm telling you, with all the other information, I'm a little assertive that I saw a man, and she did flashlight on him for a huge second if he had flirted off yeah i could say oh yeah you got a brief glimpse but she had a good 60 seconds of staring at him 
with a fucking monkey on him. I mean, that's just something that truly, if Marla wanted to destroy her, all she had to do was back up that story, and she didn't do it. Even if they said, oh, because no one will believe her. I think Kim actually was underestimating the situation. Because <laughs> I think they could have easily sold that story. Uh, but I also think that that they're not dumb. They're like, yeah, this actually explains a lot if it actually is a man. It makes no sense if it's not a man. Why are they, why did this agent kill these other two people? Why did the, she find a geneticist? So it's not just, oh, I saw a man. It's, I saw a man and it pretty much backs up all the other evidence of why we're even in this situation to begin with. And I don't think that finding out about York was her breaking point. She was just disappointed in someone that she respected lied to her face and made her think that she was crazy when she saw him. <laughs> and I think that she left off that building because she had nothing left to live for. Her daughter was there, but her daughter's gone. And she can see, she's watching it unfold. I wouldn't want to, I mean, she can't get through to her. She's on a one-track mind. She's choosing how she's dealing with the grief. And her daughter, like, even when she was praying and she saw that fever and she's looking at her in that moment, I think that's when she decided, I can't do this anymore. And I have no reason why to, to cling on. She loved her husband for whatever his thoughts or whatever. And, and that's not even to matter, right? He was a man that she loved. She lost him. And her daughter is just talking about how we need to bring them all back. So I, I think that it was way bigger than Jennifer and York Brown. I think her anger at Jennifer is anybody else's anger. It's like a reasonable, hey, it's fucked up that your son died. <laughs> and you weren't even a good mom. Or that your son lived and my husband is dead. My boys are gone. Um... I think, yes, it's stupid because they don't even know what caused all the men to die. But that's not what she wants. She wants, she's living in a different delusion. Uh, and she thinks that if she brings back all the men, that will fix everything. Because she can't think of going on in a world in which them being there won't, like she really believes the world was brought up by the men and the women birthed those beautiful creatures that made the world <laughs> what it is. <laughs> she does not see anything in that story that even that's where i'm like i'm really surprised that regina is still buying her unless she's just biding her time and i can't help but think she must be i'm gonna just defend one thing here just because you're inter just because you've been in a, in a cell all that that don't mean they had physical contact with anybody else and just because you went to prison don't mean you're a rapist just because you're looking at a man don't think you're a rapist yes it's weird that you took him, you stripped him, and you had him naked in the bed. But at least she was fully clothed. I would have thought it was worse. I'm not saying it's not crazy. Okay, I'm not. I'm not even crazy. I'm not saying it's a little. It's not a little invasive to him. But it's actually not crazy. I think if I saw a man, I would need to know. I'm like, does he have a dick? I need to know if he has a dick. He's got an Adam apple, but does he have a dick? And then if you have not seen a man for a long time, just marveling at that. It's weird. I mean, I keep saying weird. It's human. That's where I'm going for. It's human. Because humans do weird things. I mean, how many times have y'all uh, wiped your ass and looked at it? <laughs> how many times y'all ass wiped your ass and smelt it? Women or not women. Humans are weird people. So sometimes we do inclinations that aren't 
but that doesn't mean you're crazy and i don't think him being around all this women automatically thinks that they're i know i was saying that <laughs> and that could be a thing that could turn raw or wrong because it definitely seems what kimmy's trying to do and i did put that i'm not saying that that's not a possibility but i think it's equally i'm not saying it's gonna go in that direction just because there are a bunch of women and they happen to be ex-convicts so oh my god they're so horny they're gonna rape the first man that they see because one if that was to occur they would have already done it they're not gonna let you walk around have your freedom they're gonna put you in a fucking cell and then they're gonna go in and they're gonna rape you if that's really what their intentions were so i think overall watching from beginning to end I'm not saying i think york is getting a lot of hate but i think it's getting too much you sometimes do need to make a judgment call you want to err on the side of caution but that's not to say that you might not actually need people in this world and if anything the walking dead has taught us that you fucking need people in this world you think you can think that you can move on and you can isolate yourself and you'll be safe and you'll be fine and sure if that's what you want to live but how you want to live that is one way to do it but it's but what we've been shown over and over in time for humanity is isolationists don't work for us. We don't survive like that. We don't innovate like that. So that's my spiel. <laughs> but yeah, I think York is getting a little bit of a hard time. Yes, he let a few things slip. But for the most part, other than I don't see York not giving her looks back. York's doing the exact same thing. And I think that's why she's like, yeah you like me i like you or i mean attraction is attraction <laughs> uh i don't think that it's one way on sonia's street he may decide not to follow up with it but it's not him going oh no i only like black women <laughs> i think that someone genuinely i mean you ain't uh, yeah someone up his alley he might appreciate that like I went a lot more into that in the, in the episode so I do hope you feel better I hope you have a better week I could finally finish compressing <laughs> I was so ready to cook them fries I'm about to have fries and a burger but now I kind of don't want to do all that cooking and now I'm just about to go have me uh, some popcorn it's over I've ruined the night <laughs> I got lazy that quick. I wasn't lazy 15 minutes ago. <laughs> but I just got lazy. Alright, let's wrap this up. It's already two hours. If you want to send feedback on the next episode, blackrocouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. <laughs>